This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the radio show for people with MS, their families and supporters. I'm Valerie, the field officer. Still, this month's special guest is Ali, one of the new community readiness and recovery advisors at Fire Emergency New Zealand. So hi Ali and welcome. Thanks for being a radio star. Kia ora Valerie, thanks so much for having me. Now, this is Ellie's very first radio show. It is. So she'll be over it by the end of it, but it's exciting that <laughs> this starts. <laughs> so, there's been quite a lot of recent changes at FEMS, and your role was um, created in September? Yeah, stood up in September, yeah, that's right. Okay, and you're not a fire person? No, no, I'm not a, not a firefighter myself, so not quite as exciting as, as those guys. But, um, yeah, my background's in teaching and, and working with aspiring teachers and, and young people. Um, and then I found myself really drawn to this position at Fens uh, because of its community-centric um, focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, too, and, and you probably know this, too often well-intentioned initiatives speak at community, but this role... Um, has really been set up to listen first and, and really to ask those questions and, and that's what I loved about it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So um, would you like to describe your role for us, what you actually do? Yeah. Um, so my role uh, sits within the Otago Community Risk Team mm-hmm. um, and we have offices both here in Dunedin and in Frankton in Queenstown. Um, And the team is split into risk reduction and community readiness and recovery, which is obviously what I do. Um, And the 10 of us service all of Otago. Mm -hmm. Um, The risk reduction advisors look after things like uh, fire hazards and trial evacuations and commercial fire panels, whereas um, my side of, uh, of the team do things like community engagement um, I guess that's why I'm here today, and yeah. um, education kind of initiatives. Yeah. Okay. What's a commercial fire panel? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if I can answer <laughs> okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I just thought planes because it had panels and I read that as planes. Um, oh, interesting. I, yeah, I don't know why. So community engagement, readiness and recovery, this is dur- is this a direct result of the changes within FENS that have been happening and um, making more information more accessible to the public, presumably? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I, I think it's important to firstly acknowledge that um, most of this work was already being done before the stand-up of our team in September, mm-hmm. um, but the urban and rural fire risk management offices were doing both the role of risk reduction and community readiness and recovery, which was just massive. Um, so what this shift has done is, is really allowed the allocation of more resources to um, each of those kind of areas. It allows... More community engagement, I guess, yeah. Because Scott Lawrence, who you said you work with, he is more fiends than community now, is he? So we're all we're all um, friends. Uh, he he's actually a volley at Mosgiel, um, and and his um, yeah, spare time, I guess you'd say. But uh, he's, is that a volunteer? Yes, sorry. a volley. Sorry, volley. Yeah. <laughs> we're working for friends. There's so much. Um, jargon it, it's mm. crazy I'm, I'm only sort of slowly getting used to it but no Scott is also a risk reduction advisor so he does the other side of of the team stuff cool yeah now I had it in preparation for this email uh, this email this radio show I had a wee look around the website and the heads up page was pretty cool and and learnings that were taken from looking into how and why fire started mm. so I was quite surprised to learn how much research is done by fence yeah because that was an aspect of the service that I 
I knew people looked at fire investigators, but I I didn't sort of click that this is a what is it fire research investigating unit? Yeah, unit investigator so fruey. And is it fruey? Is it the correct? I'm not sure. I've I'm not sure. I've heard um, it. Yeah, spoken <laughs> like that. That's funny. <laughs> so yeah. So that's quite that. That was quite amazing to me that that happens. Yeah, and, that, and that's quite a lot of work that goes on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I firstly, <laughs> I'm not a fire investigator, um, but yeah, the, the work that they do is is absolutely incredible. Um, Scott is is a fire investigator himself, and and a number of him and and my colleagues could analyse the initial heat source and the progression of fire based on the fuels ignited. Mm-hmm. Um, which is well above my level of understanding. But, yep. um, uh, yeah, definitely incredibly interesting. Um, and so looking at that website, you would have seen uh, the findings about wheat bags um, and how they become overheated. Um, or, wheat bags, yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't like them. Yeah. We did accidentally set one on fire in the microwave. It was terrible. Oh, did you? Yeah, no, oh, no. Mate put it on for 30 minutes, not three. Oh yeah, that'll that'll do it. Um, I, yeah. So so what happens is they have um, they have a, a file like this, and then they they do the investigation and they publish the research, which is what you would have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want anyone to think that you know not to use a wheat bag because I love wheat bags personally. Um, but I guess the important takeaway there is to only buy them with clear heating instructions and to always follow those instructions. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested, you should have a look on. Oh, yeah, I always put a glass of water in with mine. Yeah, I do that too. I think, um, yeah, again, just reading the, the instructions. Yeah, neither. That's interesting. <laughs> I just always have, and I don't, I don't know why. Mm. Mm. I've been around a while. Mm. So Home and Community Fire Safety Section has lots of things on it, like the fire safety visit and mm. creating an escape plan. Yeah. So I don't talk to yeah, definitely. Um, so the Home Fire Safety Visit Program is in, is, is great, um, and it's it's a wonderful way for people to receive in-home tailored fire safety advice. Mm. Um, and, and since I started, I mean, I didn't actually even know that this existed before I um, – started at Fens and I'm, I'm gathering that a lot of people also don't. don't. Um, but essentially what happens is um, you, if you get in touch with your, if you, if you live in Dunedin City, if you get in touch with your local fire station, they can come to you and, and talk to you about things like um, smoke alarms and their placements, um, developing escape plans, as you said, and um, yeah, how to heat and cook in your home safely. So cause this, because we're regional, so... All fire, all fire stations provide that? Yeah, um, so it's a wee bit different uh, in Dunedin because the crews here are paid. paid yep. um, so Don't start me on that dilemma. <laughs> so, um, so for example, St Kilda or Lookout Point or Roslyn, mm-hmm. um, if you were to get in touch with them, they, they could organise that for you. Yep. Otherwise, if you're outside of that region, um, getting in touch with our team and we can come and do those, that's what our team is, is for. Cool.
Yeah. So that's because I do all of Otago. So that's why, you know, up to Waitaki across the central Otago. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did one in Oamaru the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Who yeah. did you do it for? Um, actually, this, oh, sorry. The, <laughs> this uh, woman um, had got in touch with us through our website uh, and it went oh, through nice. our webcoms. And I, yeah, went and, and had a good chat to her. She was an elderly woman and she just needed um, someone to change the smoke alarms, which is what we did. And and um, talk to her about multi-boxes and other things like that. Multi-boxes are a curse, aren't they? Um, yeah, they can be. They, well, they're incredibly useful, aren't they? But, um, yeah, they can be dangerous. They go there and dangerous in the, in the arms of teenagers, I find. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can listen to this and other podcasts via oar.org.nz. And Ali's musical choice is... Strangers by the Harvey Unclear. Um, I, yeah, they're an awesome local band. Right. Um, and my husband and I really, really like them. I, I, yeah, we often see them around town and feel quite um, giddy, kind of, you know, <laughs> fangirl kind of situation. Yes, yeah. yes, I understand that. When I got up out of bed this morning, I didn't know you yet. And I still don't know you now. But at least I know I want to If we never meet again Press all the buttons to extend The time we spend together here In constant angulation Distracted we ascend
was the musical choice of Ali from Fiend's Strangers by Ha the Unclear. Perhaps if you're in town, you should pop out and see them if you can see them live somewhere. Mm, yeah. So you've mentioned before, Ali, about key safety measuring. Can you give us some tips for keeping ourselves safe at home? Yeah, absolutely. There are quite a few. Um, so the most important place to start, and I'm sure you will have heard this, uh, with fire safety in the home is to make sure you have working smoke alarms mm. uh, that are regularly tested and have been installed in the right places around your home. And that comes back to those home fire safety visits as well. You yeah, know, The crews can come and, and give you advice on, on the right place for those. Um, So in an ideal situation, there would be smoke alarms in every bedroom of the house. Um, But obviously, this isn't always practical. So what we remind people is that in a rental property, the landlord is responsible for installing a smoke alarm within three metres of each bedroom door at an absolute minimum. So that is for private rentals, obviously, private Mm. rentals as well. We we get um, as checked annually. And they come along and make them scare the cats by poking them with a stick and things and carry on. And actually, as we're just upgraded to the newest ones available. We should probably be checking them more often than annually, but that's interesting. It probably does them every six months if I think about yeah, it too I mean, hard. But it's, I'm a state house tenant. Yeah. So but the, for private people, that's a, that's a fairly big outlay, isn't it? I mean, a good fire system, fire alarm system. But it's important that we do have them because they do save lives, don't they? They absolutely do. Um, I'm just coming back to the uh, regularly checking of smoke alarms, um, remembering that you know we have that incredibly well-run campaign about checking mm. them every daylight saving. So yes. um, yeah, so that's that's a good thing to remember. That, yeah, it is. Yeah. and actually that's probably. I mean, if I if somebody else didn't do it for me when I would do it, it's like when you change when you change your clock, you change you check your smoke alarms, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, exactly. Good the, good habit to get into. Um, if you can remember. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're coming into the cooler months. So, we've got any? You've got winter specific safety messages? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the safe disposal of ash uh, is is a big one. Mm-hmm. Again, before I started at Fins, it's not something that I would have ever thought about, but it makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, important to remember that it can take up to five days for ash to cool properly. Yeah. Um, so, making sure that when you're taking your your ash out of your fireplace, that um, it's it's put into a metal bucket. It, nothing plastic or cardboard um, and then when it's uh, to be disposed of uh, making sure that it's being doused properly with water um, also having your chimney clean regularly is super important um, although I've <laughs> I know that it can take a long time to get an appointment in Dunedin um, so perhaps time to get onto that before it starts getting really cold right because mm. it's amazing to me that we still have chimney sweeps Really, because yeah. they've been around. That provision's been around a really long time. Probably doesn't look quite as um, quite the same as it did in Victorian <laughs> London. <laughs> no, probably not. I do know um, wood ash only is really good for your garden compost. Oh, interesting. Um, but, but again, no. yeah, making what? sure that it's cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because you don't want to set the other stuff on fire. Yeah. So a meter from the heater and things like that. Yeah. Um. So so that's kind of a, a bit of a catchphrase that we use. Um. So I know that it can be really tempting, particularly in winter, to, you know, be drying your clothes in front of the heater. But, um, yeah, keeping mm. it a metre, at least a metre away um, is is what we recommend. So anything that could catch fire, clothes, bedding, um, at least a metre away from any heat source, whether that be oil heater, heat pump, log burner, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I personally didn't think that much about. I obviously wasn't very fire safe before I started at Kings. <laughs> I've done of animals that I've got burnt because I've got too close to heaters. Or oh, fires. interesting. And, that, and they're like, my Aww. friend's dog, he's a shocker. He'd sit on the hearth right beside the wood burner, yeah. which pumps out the heat. Not ideal. No. No. Burnt. It's like, you're an idiot. Um, yeah. And they have those fans on top of the heater on the wood fire so that it circulates the heat better. Mm, They're mm. pretty cool. We gadgets just for heating, not catching on fire, though. Yeah. So, and then the, the other one that I think um, we just skipped over mm-hmm. um, is the importance of having a three step escape plan. Yes, um, very, very important. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, and making sure that's communicated with absolutely everyone that's in the house, um, so that they can get out as fast as as possible. Um, we say three steps, so uh, it should consist of the, a first escape route, um, mm-hmm. and then a second one if that first one is obscured in any way, um, and then the third step is where you're going to meet, which is usually for a lot of families the the letterbox. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um we had a, a neighbour's uh house went on fire and his dog hid out under the bed unfortunately and they couldn't get the dog out because it wasn't the owner. Yeah. So yeah, my I can admit my friend had a fire and um when the fire people arrived they were very angry with her because she'd gone back in. Yeah. But she'd gone back in to save her child. Yeah. Well, which you which can understand. She was they were very lucky they both got out. Yeah. Um, very quick. Yeah. Very, very quick. And Absolutely. Also, getting, you know, having that plan in place, I tried to talk to my child about this in preparation for this, and he's like, yeah, I know how to get out. And so yeah, it was a struggle. Mm. But it's, you get out, you meet at the meet at box. And there's all those ads on at the minute too, which are really great. Yes. You know, I think get, we'll talk about those in the next episode, won't we? <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> So what is the most important thing that you'd like people to remember from this interview? Um, probably all of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, but listen, um, to, listen to it listen to the to it again is what she actually made. Yeah. <laughs> um but <coughs> I guess the two key takeaways should be the importance of having working smoke alarms. Yeah. Um also just a reminder there that uh they do expire, uh which again I think a lot of people don't realise. So if you know that you've had your smoke alarm for <laughs> coming on 15 years, which, are, right. you know, some people Quite do. Bog standard, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, time to replace them. So e- even if it's not telling you, uh, you know, when they beep it and the, the battery's um, going dead, um, yeah, even if, if that's not happening, then um, it still needs to be replaced. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you can find the expiry date on the back. Um, it will often actually say the date of manufacture, but um, oh, okay. it's 10 years out from that. Um, right, they only last 10 years? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's good to know. Yes. <laughs> so if you've had your fire alarm in place for 15 years, please replace it. Yes, please do. But um, And if you can't do that, we are more than happy to come and help you with that. But that also is the second point. So um, we're... Uh, Resource that yeah, where that can absolutely be used across Otago. So please get in touch if if you need us. Right, and on that, how would people get in touch with you? Um, so people are welcome to email our my team at Otago Readiness Recovery at fireandemergency.nz. That's all one word. Uh, or you can email me directly at ellie.carroll at fireandemergency.nz. Okay, and I'll put those um, emails into a newsletter that goes out as well as the link to the podcast so that people can find 
So this has been MS Momentum with Radio Star Ali, Community Readiness and Recovery Advisor from <laughs> Fens. Now we're going to do a second show with Ali, so we're going to wind up with this one and you'll hear from us again soon. Thanks so much. This has been MS Momentum. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.